Okay, good morning, everybody. We are on Daf Yudches Amar Aleph, towards the bottom. We were discussing the topic of Loeg Larosh, mocking the pauper, which in effect is mocking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we are on, um, let's see, okay, we are um, about 10, 12 lines from the bottom of Yudches Amar Aleph. The last word of the line is Amar Rachva. So we are, let's see. Okay. So the Gemara says, Amar Achva, Amar Rav Yehuda, Kolaroa, Meisvein, Malaveu, over Mishum Lorg Larosh. We said last week, we'll just pick up because it's the middle of a, a sugya, that anyone who sees a corpse being moved and does not escort that corpse violates the Pasuk that says, Lorg Larosh, anyone who mocks a pauper is blaspheming against the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the maker. And and if he does go ahead and malav him, if he does escort the mace, Amrav Asi, Omer, Hashem Hashem lends he lends Hashem whoever is gracious to the poor, and and don't read it as Malva that he lends, but rather one who escorts the the nifter gets a schar. And the end of the pasuk says Umechavdo Chonin Ve'Evion continues. And it says that uh, Hashem honors whoever is gracious to the poor. So in continuing in this thought, that, that Loeg Larosh, the Gemara continues, and says as follows, Rav Chia and Rav Yonasan were walking, were taking a stroll in the cemetery. So the tzitzis, the, uh, the threads, threads of the tzitzis were actually dragging along the graves. He was wearing his tzitzis out, and they were dragging on the graves. So Amalei Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia says to Rabbi Yonasan, Dalye, pick up your tzitzis, so they don't drag on the, on the graves. Mm-hmm. So that these people, these, the people who are already in Olam Haba, should not say that uh, tomorrow, Lemachar, Barnetzleinu, tomorrow they're going to be joining us in Olam Ha'emes, but today, but now they're embarrassing us. They're mocking us that they're able to perform mitzvahs and we're not able to. Meaning they're eventually going to be in our place also. But today they mock us. It reminds me of the old joke. There's two uh, elderly Jews, uh, Morty and Abe, who are reminiscing about their earlier days that they loved baseball so much and they were reminding themselves they used to play so much baseball. So their days are coming to an end. And Morty says, hey, Morty, do you think there's, uh, there's baseball in heaven? So, I don't know. So a couple of days later, as it would have it, Morty passes and he appears to Abe in a dream that night. And he says, uh, Abe, I have good news and bad news. He says, what? What is it? He says, the good news is there's baseball in heaven. The bad news is you're slated to pitch in two days. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, they're, they're mocking us and, and they're, they're doing these mitzvahs and they're mocking us. So he says, Omar Lay. So, uh, so Rabbi Yonasan turns to Rabbi Chia and says, Miyadi kuli hai. Do the do the people who are who are already passed do the mason already know what's going on so much? You think you said I'm embarrassing them by dragging my tzitzis? Do you really think they know what's going on? Those who already perished, those who are already in olam ms don't know anything. So he says before we get into his his, his response, let's just discuss for a minute what loig Larush is. So loig Larush, as we discussed in the past, it means mocking the dead because the next part is a whole long. There's a whole long arichos uh, about the, the answer and about the psukim. So before we get into that, let me just discuss. Lorig Larash, actually, there's a halachos based on it that we're not allowed to do certain mitzvahs in front of those people who already passed. In fact, the, the, the Gemara and Brachos we just read, based on this, there's also Gemara and Menachos Daf Mem Aleph, which discusses the following question. 
tzitzis? Is it on the obligation of the beged or only on the person wearing it? For example, if I have a four-cornered garment that I leave in my closet, I'm not wearing it. I don't plan on wearing it. I'm just, I bought a four-cornered garment and it's hanging in my closet. Does that require tzitzis? Does that require tzitzis? Is it chovas mana? Is the obligation on the beged itself? Or chovas gavra? Or is it on the obligation on the man? When I wear a four-cornered garment, I have to I have to make sure it's, I'm donning tzitzis as well, meaning on that the there are tzitzis on the, on, while I'm wearing it. So the Gemara there has a machlokas. Amar Shmuel, kli kufsa chayav mitzitzis. Our garment, the Gemara Menachas Tafim Aleph, says even if a garment is hanging in my closet, it requires tzitzis. Umode, but Shmuel admits the following. Bizakin If a, we know tachrichin are shrouds. So let's say a person makes tachrichin for himself, and he plans to, when he meets, uh, when he meets Kalish Baruch after 120 years, and he puts, so that's a four-cornered, let's say he has a four-cornered garment, the tachrichin, the shrouds. Does that require tzitzis? He's making, he's gonna wear it eventually. So Shmuel says, I admit that even when you're making shrouds that has four cornered garment, you, that you don't have to. If I have a regular shirt that has four corners and I hang it in my closet, that I have to put tzitzis on. But when a person prepares for the Olam Emes by making shrouds for himself, he doesn't need my timer. What's the reason, Shmuel says? Asher techaseba. The Pasuk says that you're gonna cover yourself. And this is not covering yourself while you're alive. It's only covering yourself while you're not getting benefit from alive. So you don't need it. But you don't need to put tzitzis on it. But the bottom line is, we put tzitzis on for people. We, we cut the tzitzis, so they're not, they're not kosher. But we still go ahead, tachrichin have tzitzis. So the question is, if the mesim already have tachrichin with tzitzis anyway, Tosos asked this question, how are we mocking them if we wear tzitzis in a grave? Right? All the, all the, 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 the mesim, all the niftarim, are wearing tzitzis already in the we we tie it just symbolically because they're not obligated mitzvahs but they have tzitzis on, so how, why is it a, a, an embarrassment? Why are we mocking them and, and ridiculing them by wearing tzitzis when we walk in a base kavaros? It's only men wearing tzitzis. Yeah. Yes, yes. So he, he can verify. Yeah, only men wear tzitzis. They're never obligated to wear tzitzis when they were alive. So 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 um, so Tosa says, you know why it's an embarrassment? Because we learned before that whoever's obligated mitzvah, Tosa says here that if you have two people, one's obligated in a mitzvah and one is not obligated in a mitzvah, for example, uh, shofar, this Shabbos, not the Shabbos, the Sunday, by Shabbos we don't blow shofar, Gezerah the Rabbah, but on, on Yontif, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, we're going to blow shofar. Women are not obligated in Torah to go ahead and hear shofar. They obviously they can. It's a mitzvah session magram. We discussed in the past four different reasons or three different reasons why they may be exempt from mitzvah sashesagram, a positive time bound mitzvah. But nonetheless, if they do, they get a schar and there's a machlokas, the Rambam Rainatam, whether they can make a brach on a mitzvah they're not commanded on. There's the Sfardim hold like the Rambam that if you're not commanded, you cannot make a bracha because you can't say Asher Vitz Kirishanu Mitzvah Vitzivanu. Women were in fact not commanded, but but um, but Rabbeinu Tam says they can make a bracha, and we Ashkenazim women, for example, will make a bracha. Leishe Basuka Sfardim women will not make a bracha. Leishe Basuka. But the bottom line is, men get a greater schar for for shofar because we're commanded in the mitzvah as opposed to a women. So same thing here, says Tosfos. Since men are obligated when you're alive and you're wearing the tzitzis, it's a bigger kiyom, it's a bigger, you get more brownie points in Shemayim, so that's the, the ridicule that you're, uh, that you're mocking the, uh, the mason with, even though you're both wearing tzitzis, since we're obligated and they're not because they're already passed from this world, that is the, uh, the form of mockery.
Now, as far as the halacha, are we allowed to wear tzitzis? If we all uh, we all go, unfortunately, uh, we we all have relatives in a, in, in base kavar, so we have to we have to pay a visit. So, are you allowed to wear tzitzis in a in a uh, in a cemetery or tefillin for that matter? So, tzitzis is a bigger question. Very few of us are wearing tefillin, but let's see, let's address tzitzis first. The Shulchan Aruch says as follows: You're allowed to wear tzitzis in a cemetery, provided that they're not dragging along, because that's really literally wiping their faces with it. Literally, you're not supposed to go ahead and flaunt the fact that you're wearing tzitzis. So, don't let it drag on the kvaros. But if you can wear tzitzis that are actually dragging on the floor, that is aser. Mishum the rush because of this pasuk that's you're mocking the uh, you're mocking the dead, the poor. Tosa says an unbelievable thing. In the olden times, in the days of yesteryear, their their begadim actually had four corners. So a natural uh, response from that, or a natural um, um, result from that, was they have to put tzitzis on. So they're allowed to wear tzitzis out. But us today, who only wear tzitzis because we don't really wear four-cornered garments. Today the clothes are much different. The average shirt, this by the way, this is not considered four, four corners. It's not a long enough slit, even though technically it's four corners, this is not considered a big enough slit that these are separate corners. So our shirts today don't really have four corners, and we're only wearing tzitzis simply because of the mitzvah. We would not be wearing tzitzis, otherwise we're actually putting on a four-cornered garment. In the olden times, all their garments were four corners, so they had to put tzitzis on. So Tosa says today, since we're only doing it, it's a bigger shtach, it's a bigger slap in the face to the mason, because we don't really wear four-cornered garments. We're only wearing tzitzis because we, by design, we make a conscious decision to put on tzitzis, so we take a four-cornered garment. So in those times, you're allowed to wear your tzitzis out, even if they're not dragging. Let's say they're just sticking out, and they're not dragging. They just come up to here. You're wearing your tzitzis out, and they come up to here. So let's just say it's like this. It's not dragging on the, on the, on the um, cemeteries. So Tosa says in the olden times, they were allowed to do this. But today, since the whole reason we're doing this is only because we're, for the mitzvah, you shouldn't even have your tzitzis out. And he adds, and he adds one more thing. He says, so today, you really shouldn't have them, you shouldn't really be wearing them out at all. But he says, you're allowed to wear it if you're going to tuck them in. You can wear avalim hemechusim mutar. If your tzitzis are covered, you're allowed to walk into a cemetery with them. And he says one other thing in the halacha gimel, this is in, in, in Simon Chav gimel, he says, ha'nichnas toch dalet amos shalmeis oshel kever dino k'nichnas ve'sakvaros. It's not talking about just the cemetery. If you're doing shmira, let's say we discussed last week, and you're within dalet amos of a mace, you should not be wearing your tzitzis out. Nothing to do with the cemetery. The Dalin Amos of a mace is considered a cemetery for all intents and purposes. That's his makom, so to speak, or her makom. And you should not be wearing your tzitzis out. So even at a funeral. Even at a funeral, you should not be wearing tzitzis out. If you talk Dalin Amos, but presumably it's gonna pass, the mace is going to pass you or you're going to pass the mace. Yes. So you should not wear your tzitzis out, technically. What about well, tefillin? What about tefillin? Kohanim should actually have no problem with that. Well, it's filled, Kohanim shouldn't be in the same room as Mace anyway, but yeah, so... No, even if they're going... No, even the Shiva Kroim, you're still far. You're still far. You're more than Dalet Amut. No matter what, you always be right. more than Dalet Amut. So now, what about tefillin? So the truth is, we say you can wear tefillin as long as they're covered. Certainly the Shal Rosh and Shal Yad should be covered. And there are those who say that even the Ritzuos, even on your fingers, should be covered. And that's the only way that it's allowed if you absolutely cover all the tefillin. One other question. What about learning Torah? 
So most people suggest that one should not learn Torah next to a mace because for the same reason, lowering the rush, you're mocking them. Although there are some shitos that say if you're quoting the Torah, if you're next to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, if you're next to Rav Shach, you're next to the Chazunish, and you're quoting their Torah, that's okay because we have a concept of Sifsos of Dovos Bekever, that when these Tamidei Chachamim, their Torah is learned later on, their lips start to reverberate. So it's a actual, they almost get a key of, uh, uh, in, uh, in their Talmud Torah. So if you're going to learn their Torah, then it's, you're not mocking them. It's the exact opposite. They have the biggest smile, Kivyachal. They have the biggest smile on their faces if you're sharing their Divrei Torah outside of their, outside of their, uh, of their, Hanichnas toch Dalaramos shall mace. If, correct. So that, that the Dalaramos is, you can't even, you can't wear tzitzis out even if you're not in a cemetery. It's kinech nas lebeis It's as if you're in a cemetery. So the Dalar Amos um, so rule would apply. So it says here that it's, uh, that it means that in Bet Kvarot, even if you're not within correct. the Dalar Amos... Correct. The cemetery, cemetery. So it says it's the whole cemetery. The whole cemetery, correct. Okay. And if you're outside of a cemetery, right, correct. The cemetery is one halacha. And even if you're outside of a cemetery, let's say you're in the funeral home, or you're in the shul here where we're doing a Leviah, then if you're within Dalar Amos of the Kever, that is the status of a Beis Kvaros. Correct. Okay, Vaito, the Gemara continues now. So he says... I'm sorry, the union of, of Limit Torah, is that for any Pesukim of the Torah? No, so for, for you doing Tehillim for his purpose, or her purpose, that's right. something else. That's not learning. That's, in the, that's for Shmira and Shem Shem Other parts of Navi? I'm not, sure to be, I'm not sure to be honest with you. I only ask because some of the, the tefillos associated with the, uh, yeah. the Tahara. Right, so, right. Right, so, right. so obviously that is, that's, that's a Tahara process. That's a little bit different. But if you're just sitting there and learning, uh, you're, you're doing Shmir, you should probably be saying Tehillim rather than learning a Dov Gemara. Okay, so the Gemara says, so he says, Amalei, so Rabbi was, was was bewildered at this comment Rabbi Chi and says, don't drag your tzitzas because they know what's going on. He says, do they really know what's going on? Do those who are in the Olam Emes really know what's going on? In this world, those who are perished already, the Pasuk in Kohala says, those who are not with us, they don't know anything. So Amr Le Rabbi turns to Rabbi Yonasa and says, in Karisa, if you learn this Pasuk, lo shanita, you didn't read it again. You didn't learn it well a second time. Vim shanisa, and if you reread it a second time, lo shilashta, then you didn't read it a third time. And even vim shilashta, you read it a third time, you still did not understand it well. Lo perish you did not understand it well, because that's not what the intention of the Pasuk means. It does not mean that those who are already nifter and Olam MS do not know what's going on. Rather, he says as follows. Let me explain the Pasuk to you. He says, Those who are alive know that ultimately they will meet, they, they, will, they will be in Shemayim. What is this referring to when it says, Those who are alive know that eventually they will, uh, they will pass. These referring to the Tzadikim who, while they are dead, they're already dead, they're still called alive. Shinamar, as the Pasuk says in Shmuel, Uvnayo ben Yoyado, by the way, was the Rosh Sanhedrin, the Av Sanhedrin, the Benayo ben Yoyado, ben Ishchai, was the son of a living man. Rav Pa'alami Kapsel had many, many achievements. He lived in Kapsel, who Hikashne Ariel Moav. He took down the two uh, commanders of Moab. We'll see what Ariel Moab really refers to. Vuyarad, and he descended, Vihikas Ari, and slew the lion, Betochabor, inside the pit. Biyom Hashalak, on a very, very cold, wintry day. So, by the way, it's interesting that uh, the, the reference here of Shnei Ariel Moab, Ariel Moab refers to the Beis Amikdash. We know that uh, Moab was, David HaMelech came from Rus Moavia, 
And this is in Tanakh, when it says, this is a reference to the base of English, that David Malchi, even though he didn't build the first base of English, we know his son Shlomo built the first base of English, David was the one who bought the plot of land for which the base of English would eventually be built on. But how does he explain this pasuk? So he says, what does it mean, Ben Ishchai, the son of a living man? Aren't we all the son of living men? What does it mean that Ben Ayahu, Ben Yoyada, Ben Ishchai? Sorry, um, it says, Vinyah Ben Yoyada, Ben Ishchai. What does it mean, Ben Ishchai? Is everyone a living, the son of a dead person? They're all, everyone eventually, or at one point, had a, had a living parent. Ella ben Ishchai means that even in, when it came to Ben Yo's father, who was already passed, he was still considered living. Why? Because he was a tzaddik. Okay. Rav Pa'olim Mikatzel, what does it mean that he accomplished many great things and he came, he descended, or he, he uh, heralded from Katzel? Shariba Vikibetz Pa'olim Torah, he had achieved many, many great accomplishments in the world of Torah. Fu'ika Shnei Ariel Moav, and he took down the two commanders of Moav. This is referring to, we said, uh, um, allegorically to the, uh, to the base of Mikdash, but he says, there was no tzaddikim as great as him. He didn't leave anyone over who surpassed him in Ruchnius, in, uh, in, in Shemir Samitzvos, in the first Mikdash and the second Mikdash. And what does it mean? He went ahead and descended the, the lion in the pit on a cold, wintry, blustery day. Two possibilities. He actually broke. A, he was a... Uh, he was a Balkari, um, and in order to him to learn Torah, he had to do mikvah, and it was a winter day, and there was a sheet of ice covering the lake that he wanted to do, uh, go to mikvah. He went in and he broke the sheet of ice to take a dip in order that he should be able to learn Vikadami, those who say the Tana Sifra the Bay Rabbi Yom of the Sifra, that he went ahead and learned the entire Sefer of the Sifra, which is uh, on, a, on a wintry day, and just allegorically, for the Ari, the, the Sefer is referring to the, 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 the Torah's Kohanim, the Sifra is on the Vayikra, it's a whole set of halachos based on the, and Midrashim based on um, Sefer Vayikra, also called Torah's Kohanim. So now, let's just um, go on a little bit, and we have an unbelievable piece to discuss in momentarily. So the Torah continues. And now it continues. And what you said, Rabbi Yonasan, Rabbi Chia continues, I'm going to explain to you as follows. It says, the Mesim, those who already perished, don't know anything. We just said that you have Sadiqim, who while they're already passed, are considered alive. The converse is also true. The Rishaim, since they're bereft of any Torah, mitzvos, they're bereft of Yerash Shemaim and any mitzvos, even while they're alive, they're considered dead. You know what that means? Even while they're alive, they're dead. They're spiritually dead. As it says in the Pasuk, and by Yechezkel, you're, you're a corpse of wickedness. This interesting is referred to Tzidkiyo HaMelech. Tzidkiyo HaMelech was a tzaddik. The problem was, he was uh, outnumbered by his uh, treacherous generation, who was Oved of Odazara. So even though he wasn't able to stand up to them, so even though Tzidkiyo himself was a tzaddik, uh, he found himself in a, in a, in a tough situation. So V'ibos Eima, or I'll show you, or another, I'll show you that Mesim are also called dead, even while they're, sorry, that Rishom are called dead, even while they're alive, because the Pasuk says as follows. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, should the dead person be killed? What do you mean, should the dead person be killed? How do you kill a dead person? 
but because he's ob- he's chayiv, he's found to be guilty. He's a Russia, He's already considered a mace. Yumas mace is unnecessary. Kill the dead person. What do you mean yumas mace? The dead person should be killed. If he's dead, you can't be killed. You can't be very killed. Either you're killed or you're killed. There's no there's no degrees of being killed. So yumas mace is referring to the fact that he's already a Russia, Even while he's alive, he's considered dead. Okay. So before we go on. Um, let me just see. Uh, okay, before we go on, I just want to discuss. Um, I heard the most unbelievable piece from Rav Shruli Bornstein in, uh, on his Lakewood Torah app. So I want to discuss with you as follows. Let's grab a sitter for a second. I'm going to grab a sitter just to make it easier. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. So he says in the bracha, in the bracha that we daven every day. So it's going to change the way you guys da- we, we daven every day. So in the in the Shmona Esrei. Are y'all going to make sure that, uh, where's Ed? Ed? Ed's our mathematician here. Ed, you have your calculator out? The bracha says, the bracha says as follows. The bracha of Mechayim Mesim, it has six references to Tchiyas Mesim in there. It has six. Ed, so, Ed, you need your second hand. There you go. Okay, so it says as follows. Number one. Mechayim Mesim Atarav Loshia. Number two. Number two, Mechayim Mesim Rachamim Rabim. So Mechnofer Vicholim Matirasum, Mechayim Emunaso, Lishene Offer. What's Lishene Offer? Those who are unfortunately already in the ground. That's three. Micha Mechabagos Midach, Melech Mamis Umechaya, four. Vinaman Atala Hachayos Mesim, five. Barchatoshem Mechaya Mesim, six. Am I good so far? You can count calculator. Okay, bears it out. Good. So we're at six. This is amazing. So there's a, the base David is Rav Yosef David Ben Shapsay, Rav in Salonika in the 1600s. Not familiar with this Torah, but it's an unbelievable piece. He says it mentions in this bracha six times it references Tchiyas and the resurrection of the dead. So he says that, he happens to be, by the way, in his Sefer, by the way, he has a whole Sefarim, but in Os 5.15, which happens to be the Gematria of Tefillah, the Gematria of Yitzchak and Sarah, of Eschanan, all 5.15 references Beschanan, we know that Moshe davened 515 times to enter, enter at Israel. Had he davened one more time, they said he would have gotten in. Tefillah, there's a lot of reasons why he put this, uh, this simon in, 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 Os, uh, in uh, simon 515. In any event, he says as follows. We know there's a Gemara in Adorim, Samach that says, Arba Chashuvim Kames. There are four people who, while are alive, are actually considered dead. And they are an Ani, someone who is destitute. They are a mitzorah, someone who's a leper, badad yeshev, he's going to be, but mechutz lamachana, he's without friends, and anyone who's without friends or any social environment is considered a mace. A suma, someone who is blind is considered dead, that's why it's pater mitzvah saseh, and mishain lobanim, someone who is childless. So again, the Gemara says a suma, blind, ani, destitute, mitzorah, someone who is a leper, and someone who's childless. And obviously we know that someone who's actually dead is dead, that's five. What, where's the sixth? So he says, this is what it's referring to in this Gemara. He says, well, The Gemara says here, That even while they're alive, the Risham are called Mace. This is the sixth reference. So we have six different types of people who are considered Mace, even five while they're alive, right? Four that we discussed, and this, the Russia, plus the one who's actually in Shemaim already, six. He says, the Bracha is not only making reference to the ultimate Mechayim Mesim, the ultimate resurrection of the dead. Mashiach comes to Avtchias Mesim, whatever that means, Machlokas, Rambam, Rambam, whether it's physical or spiritual, will all come up in the Shamas or our bodies, whatever that may be. 
there will be a resurrection in the future, but that's only referring to one of them. The people are actually passed already. Says, he says the based of it that the, it says six times because it's referencing the other five mesim that we just discussed. And this is the ultimate, ultimate chesed that Kosh Baruch is doing. Because, yes, we know he's going to resurrect the dead. But even while you're alive, you still have the chance. And he goes on to say, he brings all six, each one is referencing a different one. He says, for example, the first one is the Ani. How do you know the first one is the Ani? That the first chesed is because he says, What's the very next words? Mashivaruach and then Mechal Kelchaim. Mashivaruach, right after we say the first one, the Gemara says in Tainis Dabez that Akash Baruch Hu is Mepharnes us, one of the forms of Parnasa is rain. What do we say, right? If you follow my ways, I'll give you rain. What do we say in Shema? If you do my mitzvahs, I'll provide rain. So we see that the first one has to be referring to specifically the Ani, <coughs> that Hashem resurrects, so to speak, that He will He gives life to those who are destitute. He supports us. So He goes on to give all six. And He says the last one, the last one is the greatest one. The last one is the greatest one. Why is the last one the greatest one? Because first of all, Baruch Hashem Mechayim you would think is actually referring to the actual resurrection of the dead. He says it's not. The Shene Ofar is the one actually referring to the ones who are in, in, in Olam Ha'emes. The last one, Baruch HaTashem Mechayim is referring to the Ani. So, that's an unbelievable piece. So he goes on to say as follows. He says, by the way, this is not just the, the based of it. Vilna Gon has this concept, and the Olo Sefraim, who was the Klayakar, also say that these six references refer to the six different types of, uh, of, of, uh, of Mesim, with the sixth one being here, that a Russia is called a Mace. But he said, I, I think his, there was uh, Shmuel Yaakov Bornstein, who was Nifter, maybe just, maybe, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I think in, nine, in 2017. Tremendous, tremendous Tamachachan as Israel. It must be his grandfather, because he always refer, or, or some relative, he refers to him as Shmuel Yaakov. But I want to share with you, he said over the Torah that he heard while he was a Bachar, um, way back when, he heard this Torah at the table of Shmuel Bornstein, Shmuel Yaakov, how it ties into this beautifully. The Pasuk says as follows, when it talks about the brothers coming back to Yaakov, a story we're all familiar with, probably the best story in all of Rashis, the whole concept, when the brothers came back and tell Yaakov that Yosef's alive. So listen to the words. It says, Vayagidu lo lemor, od Yosef chai. Yosef is still alive. They come back from Mitzrayim, right? They kept, one of the brothers was kept back. Shimon's kept back. And it says, Vichihu Moshel bechol Eretz Mitzrayim. Not only is he alive, he's the viceroy. He's the second in command. Vayafag libo What's Vayafag libo? His heart stopped. If you look at the Ramban, by the way, the Ramban actually writes he had a heart attack. If you look at the Ramban, the Ramban says Yaakov's heart stopped. It didn't just flutter. It was almost like stopped. And then he was revived. And he says that normally happens when you hear such good news. And, and he actually says, that's why it's not, the Ramban says it's not a good idea to surprise elderly people. Because, you, you know, you, you know, never have a surprise party for, you never make a surprise 90th, you know? So, <laughs> what? No surprise party. No surprise party. You're right. You reach a certain age, no surprise parties. So, Vayofag libo kiloa min lahem. This is unbelievable. So they told him everything that transpired when they were in Mitzrayim trying to get food. And he saw the caravans and the wagons full of goods that Yosef sent to pick him up with, to send to Yaakov. And he had a chios. He, he, he was back alive. 
What does it mean? His heart skipped a beat because he did not believe his kids. What does it mean he did not believe his kids? So, if you remember, for those of us who did Makos, we discussed in Makos Daf Yud a very important concept. And that is the concept Makos discusses with Er Miklat. Er Miklat is when someone kills someone, Bishogate, someone kills someone accidentally. The classic case in, the, in Parsha Shoftim is where you're lifting up an axe. You didn't really make sure that the, 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 uh, the blade, the head, was screwed on tightly. You went like this, it flew off, it decapitated the person behind you. Assuming you didn't know the person, if you had any relationship with him, we assume that it wasn't accidental. So assuming, he didn't know the guy, so it's clearly an accident, he has to go to Air Miklat. The Gemara says that a Talmud who goes to Air Miklat, Maglin Rabo Imo, that if a student, a Talmud, is accidentally, again, we're not talking about a rush here, it's an accident, he goes to Air Miklat, the Rav has to go with him. The Rav has to go with him. Now, this is a strange halakha, because A, so listen, listen to, the, listen to the, what the Rambam says here. The, the Gemara says, Talmud Shagala, Maglin Rabo Imo. When a Talmud goes into Ir Miklat, into the, one of the, originally were six, then became a total of 48, Ari Levia, which is also known as the Ir Miklat, Shinemar Vachai, because the Pasuk says Vachai, Ovid Le Midi When it says, when you go to Ir Miklat and you're still alive, you have to have a full life. What's a full life? With your Rebbe. It's not a full life if the Talmud and the Rebbe relationship is severed. Listen to the, 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 the Rambam's Lashon Azav. He says as follows. Talmud Shagala Laare Miklat. A Talmud who was um, excommunicated or was sent into uh, Er Miklat. Maglin Rabo Imo. The Rebbe has to go to Shinemar Vachai. Aselo Kadesh Yechia. When the Pasuk says Vachai, he will live there. So it's our obligation to give him Chios. Aselo, make it, ensure that the Talmud has. Something that Kidesh Yichah, that he's going to live fully. L- listen to what the Rambam says here. V'chayei ba'alei chachma, those who are ba'alei chachma, learned in Torah, u'mivakshe, and they're mevakesh, they seek out Hashem, below Talmud Torah k'misa chashuvin. If you have a mevakesh, if you have someone who was used to learning, and that's his part of his everyday life, mm. and he doesn't have his Rebbe there, below Talmud Torah k'misa chashuvin. He's like he is dead. <clears throat> if you have someone learning, Without the ability to learn with his Rebbe, he's as if he's dead. Rambam, it's unbelievable what he says. Number seven. Oh, so he says, <clears throat> now let me ask you a question. Oh, if, come on, Ed. If, <laughs> one second, the, the, the iPhone, the, the, the battery's dead, the battery's dead. So, <clears throat> so listen, to, seven, good. Okay, he confirmed. So now, listen to this. Says Rav Shemuel Yaakov Bornstein. There was no bigger Talmud that ever was Nigla more than Yosef. Yosef was away from his father for 22 years. We know that his Rebbe was Yaakov. We know that is. I made a bracha already. So we know that is, that is, um, I should really do it during the share so no one's going to shesh. So, 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 um, so Yaakov was the, was the ultimate Rebbe Talmud was Yaakov and, and, uh, and, and Yosef. And he went to Kibiyachal Ir Miklat. He went. He was residing on Shetufe Zima. Rashi calls the Mitzrayim. They were disgusting people without any morals, without any ethics. They saw a pretty woman. They went to pounce on her. Shetufe Zima, right? They, and Yaakov was probably hoping that if if he's alive, I hope he's putting on tefillin once a year. He's it's twenty two years. Did he really? But why is it Yaakov Kames? Lack of no, you know Yaakov Lomes. No, no. Yaakov no, Yosef. Kira. We're talking about Yosef. One second, one second. Okay. We're talking about Yosef. But no, you would think that without his Rebbe, who was the Talmud? 
Yosef was Yosef the Talmud. Right, so I'm saying, so you would think without his Rebbe... He would be considered as a mace. More than, right, good, Yaakov, right, but what did Yaakov, what was he expecting? He said, even if he's alive, even if he's alive, the without, best I could hope for, he's, he's 22 alive. years right. in Ir Miklat, much, Ir Miklat is Levium, here is with, with Mitzrim, right. no Torah, no Rebbe, I'm hoping that he's even putting on tefillin once, that he didn't cover up his bris milah, something along those lines. So when it says, the next Pasuk, when he says he sends the wagons, what does Rashi say? Oh, Egla Rufa. That is that the the topic of learning that Yosef and Yaakov were engaged in before he went to Dosan and before the brothers pounced on him, and he said they made up this whole scheme that he was eaten and devoured. They were learning the halachas of Eglarufa. So now, not only is alive, he sends this, and Rashi says this. This is not we're not making this up. Rashi says, Simon When it says when they said when they told him. Um, <clears throat> the brothers told Yaakov everything that Yosef said. What is Rashi's called Divrei Yosef? Simon Masalem, Bamaya Osek, Shumenu. He told them exactly the halachos what they were learning. And that's why it says, It doesn't say that that Yosef sent it. He sees now, Look at the Pasuk now. Now we understand what the word Chai means. Chai says the Ramba means that you have your full chios, that you're still learning, because if you don't have your Rebbe, chashiv kames. So if you're a chai, <clears throat> it means you still have everything intact. So when the brother said, listen to what the brother said, it says, the brothers told him, Yosef Yosef is alive. He couldn't believe it that he was, until he saw, what came through next, Eglar Rufa, not just that he was still putting on tefillin, he was still making chidushim in Eglar Rufa, v'chai, that he was alive. Chai has so much more of a meaning than just alive. It means that he was still doing what he was supposed to be doing. <clears throat> That's why it says, yeah. he didn't believe it until he saw the wagons. Then everything made sense. So, and again, because this was the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate red... Talmud without his Rebbe. And despite what the Rambam says, that without, right, it's Chashev Kames. A Talmud without a, a Rebbe is Chashev Kames. But that's why when he says Vachai, not only is Moshe, he's ruling, okay. But Vachai, and he's still alive to the sense that now we understand what Chai means, Lohe Minlam. He didn't believe them until he saw the Egla Rufa, until he saw the caravans. And so it's interesting. <clears throat> it's unbelievable if you, if you understand the, the words of the the way the Rambam and the Gemara explained it. So if you continue now, just one other point, which is amazing. We all say Moda'ani every morning. Moda'ani just means we're alive. We know we're alive. But the question is, and all the Bali Musters say, are we actually fulfilling our... Everyone has their own potential. When we get to Shemayim Ha'achem, Me'evesim Shona, it says, Shabbos Daf Laman Aleph, there's six questions that we're going to ask. We discussed the Sakta, Peri Virivi, the Marsha, it says, are we Osek and Shiduchim? But one of them is Kavata Itim Torah. No one's going to expect us to be in the level of Moshe Feinstein, of Shlomo Zalman Orbach, or of Chaim Kanievsky. But everyone, we each have our own potential that we're obligated to reach. So when we say Moda'ani, Lefanach, we're thanking Hashem, we're thanking Hashem for giving us, what does it mean? Rabbi Goldberg always says this. We're thanking Hashem for having trust in us that He needs us on this world for another, on this earth for another day. That He has enough bitachon in us and trust in us that we're going to go ahead and do mitzvahs that He, that he grants us another day. Emunatecha, excellent. And it's your, Emunatecha, it's your belief. So the Rambam seems to say that there's a seventh to Steve's point. 
Now it's possible that it's in the same level of Risharim. Verified? That it's, it's on the same level as, as a Rush. It's not a seventh. It's a category within the sixth. There's a spectrum. If you're not living to your full potential while you're not called a Russia, you're not living up to your full potential. You're not maximizing the gifts that Karsh Baruch Hu gave you. So the Rambam says, if you're without Torah, you're Chash of Kames. It's not that you're a complete Russia, but you're not living to your full self. You don't have your chiyos. Learning is more than just giving us life. It actually, And to end this off is one last point, which is amazing. The Gemara in Yuma, we're going to get to this next week. Uh, the Gemara in Yuma, Ayin Aleph says as follows. The day after Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol and the Ish Iti. The Ish Iti was the one who sent the Sawyer, right? There were two, there were two, um, go, there was a Goral, right? You had a Sawyer, Lazazan, Mishalech, and one that was brought on the, on the carbon. And they had a lottery. And the one that was thrown off the cliff, and hopefully the scarlet band turned white to, know, to see that we were forgiven, called the Ish Iti. He went into the desert. The day after Yom Kippur, most people don't know this, the Kohen Gadol and the Ish Iti had lunch. They met up with each other to share their stories from the day before. If they met up in public, if they met up in, in, in the marketplace, if he finds this Ish Iti, the one who sent off this Sar La Zazel, threw him off the cliff, if he meets him in the public place, he says to the Kohen Gadol, Ishi Kohen Gadol, Kohen Gadol, I did what you asked me to do, I did my mission, everything was fine, Baruch Hashem, we, we achieved Kapara. Mitzol Beveso, what happens if they actually say, I don't want, we don't have to go in the public, we have the paparazzi's there, come meet in my house, take a break, we have a little bit of a long, long, long lunch together, meet in the privacy of my house. You know what he says to him? Omer Lo, the Ishiti says to him, Mechaye Chaim, Asina Shlichu, Shlichu so. Mechaye Chaim, the resurrector of the living, we did his mission. It doesn't say we did your mission. But if they're in private, because you want to give the Kohen Gadol props in front of everybody, but if they're in private, we say the Mechayi Chaim, that praising Hashem. What's Mechayi Chaim? When do we ever say Mechayi Chaim? It's Mechayi Mesim. What does Mechayi Chaim mean? So the Ben Yishchai says something unbelievable. He says, on Yom Kippur, everyone achieves Kapara. Rishayim or Nikra Mesim, but they have a clean slate now. There are no Rishayim now. So that's what the Mechayi Chaim is. All, we said there are six types of mesim. One of them includes Rishoim Shebi Bechayeh and Kareem Mesim. Rishoim, even while they're alive, are called dead. But the day after Yom Kippur, even the Rishoim got a clean slate. So now it's Mechayechayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the active, we said that there are six different types of mesim that are referred, even the present. One is the dead that will be resurrected. The other five are alive right now. So Mechai Chaim is referring to those who are alive right now. They're not mesim anymore. This is the reference what the Gemara is saying about Ibn Ishchai. It's Dafka the day after Yom Kippur. Only the day after Yom Kippur can you say there are no Risham in the world. They have a clean slate. Hopefully they won't go back to that status. But only after that, after Yom Kippur can we give them the status of of, uh, of uh, Mechai Chaim and Akash Baruch Hashem, Hashem, we should all achieve Kapara this, uh, this uh, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Um, I just want